McNulty stunning for anyone to get up off Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, for Bobby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle. For McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bobby. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bobby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce, proud to be Pompey. Hi Pompey fans and welcome to PO Forecast episode 49. Well it's been another week of struggles but at least we got some points out of it. But here to look at it and analyse with me, analyse it with me is friend of the show. Welcome back to the show here James, James Robbins. Hello. How are you I, mate, you alright? Yeah, very well thank you mate, very well. Nice, well... We're actually recording in a different place today, so recording live from my office, as I obviously I put this out on Twitter, but uh, my mic broke yesterday, so I had to jog out and get another microphone um, and set it up about an hour and a half away from where I live, so here we are. <laughs> it's It's been uh, quite a, a hectic start over the past 24 hours to try and get this thing to record, so hopefully there is some useful content in it for people and it's not been a complete waste of time. No, definitely. And James, thank you for re- rearranging as well. I know everyone wants to hear your views. So, yeah, much appreciated. <laughs> cheers, cheers. It was uh, interesting sharing a half with you on a match day as well, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into in a bit later on. But it was quite quite good fun. I wouldn't mind doing it again. Yeah, definitely, mate. It was, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, on the terrace. It was. And it was quite... Um, I mean, I'd recommend to anyone to do it if they really are struggling to get tickets. Um, for So we were stood next to each other behind the home dugout for the AFC Wimbledon game. Um, and it's quite interesting just to hear the range of views and what they think of your team and what they think of um, your players. And you get an insight which you, you didn't really, didn't really know about, or, I mean, some of it could be, some of it could be wrong. Some of it could be right, but it's uh, interesting to hear. No, it definitely is. So let's just roll into it then. So um, straight away, we're going to go into reviewing the Wimbledon game. Then after that, we're going to go and review the hard-fought win over Lincoln. Uh, then we're going to go and uh, we put a question out on Twitter, which is, has the win increased your confidence in Kenny Jacket? And do you now want Kenny Jacket to stay or do you still want him to go? Uh, Further that, you guys have sent in loads of questions. Uh, me and James are going to have to try and go through them as quick as possible because we've only got an hour today. But, you know, thanks to everyone. I think it was about 80, 90 different people messaged in, James. So we'll try and get through some of those. Uh, and then after that, we're going to be previewing the trip to Bristol Rovers. Yeah, so, sorry about that. Squash has got in the way of your questions, but uh, we'll get through. We'll get through as many as we can. Let's hope James wins his game of squash then to make it all worthwhile. But yeah, all right. AFC Wimbledon, mate. Uh, we stood next to each other on the terrace uh, in the homestand. Obviously, um, I took that video actually at the end of the game, which um, the news ended up not asking me, obviously, but publishing it on their website. Obviously, it was Steve Bone. He's a legend. So I was quite happy with that. But yeah, it was a difficult game, wasn't it? With a frustrating end to it, James. Yeah, uh, it was 
feels fucking dreadful. There's no real, real way I can put a positive shine on it, to be quite honest. Um, I mean, I, I hate AFC Wimbledon as it is. I think they're a vile club. Um, and, you know, just, just a, a last minute goal of all the teams, it could have been them um, just made it worse. But to be honest, Hugh, I, I thought it was a game of two very poor League One teams. Um, who, I mean, I saw Mark Catlin's comments in the, the Lincoln game who said that we were unlucky against AFC Wimbledon. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see that view, to be quite honest. I know we hit the bar. Um, we had a good good shot saved as well. And maybe there is an argument to say we should have put our chances away in the first half, but it was, again, another real, real tough watch. Just quite honest. I'm going to wait. Just thought. This is where we are as a club. We are 16th, 17th League One team. No, it was absolutely appalling match to watch. I know the I know the stats say that you know we had a lot of shots on goal, but it was quite surprising considering you know when you were at the game, 22 shots on goal. It didn't seem like that, did it? And let's be honest, it wasn't as if any key players really got and tested their, the keeper at all, apart from at the start, Sean Raggett had that header cleared off the line uh, and Christian Burgess again with the header that came off the bar. Both your two centre-backs. But that just shows the lack of creativity going forward, doesn't it, for Pompey? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. That's why I tend not to delve too deep into stats because I just think stats can prove anything. Um, you know, when you say there are 22 shots on target and you think, Christ, I I couldn't even count double figures. How no, many that, that's on goal completely. So it's not not on target. Yeah. Yeah. Where the hell have those other 12 come from? Um, but it's just the lack of creativity, the lack of any ambition. I mean, the, the one thing I wouldn't criticise is John Marquez, actually, because when you're watching him on the sides, because I sort of stand behind the goal at, at Fratton, so it's good to get sort of a different angle of it and, and watch him from the sides. But the lad works so hard, runs so hard to to make some chances for himself, but not one player has got a single ambition of getting the ball through the middle to him. And I just feel so sorry for him. Um, he should be getting a lot better service. He's He's not even feeding off scraps. He's feeding off crumbs. He's getting absolutely nothing. And not one player. I mean, you could be part of the conversation for the manager, um, you know, a, a later time in this podcast. But surely players have got to be taking some responsibility. League one players are getting the ball through the middle to the most lethal striker in League One. And, he, and he's, he's not getting any service. It's unbelievable what is happening at our club at the minute. Um, and where we are in the league is a, is a sad indictment of, of really what we're producing out on the pitch. Um, you know, the league table doesn't lie. We are that good. We're not a very good league one side as things stand. No, completely. And it must be frustrating because I was watching John Marquis and his movement actually off the ball is unbelievable to to shake a defender and, you know, make that space in between the two centre backs. He's actually really, you know, it's incredible to watch, actually. And he makes the run sometimes fairly early, which actually surprises some rather lumbersome centre backs, I, I think, that Wimbledon actually had at the back. And you just think oh, yeah. that... 
Yeah, I, uh, you see Wimbledon. They're not they're not Wimbledon as much as they claim. This is one of my biggest bugbears. As much as they cling on to the history from 1988 and what the Wimbledon team did before, they're AFC Wimbledon. Oh, I know I know you're working there at the minute, so I'll try and and try and keep my voice down a bit, but. It's one of my. Do you know what? It's one of my biggest bugbears of football. That when people go, oh, they're Wimbledon, they're Wimbledon. No, they're not. No, they're not. And all that sort of bring the Don's home shit, which they had round the ground. This that, that has been your home for the entirety of your history. So don't preach to me about bringing you home. Anyway, sorry, this is a Pompey podcast. I thought, oh, I just need to get that rant out of me. Yeah, I love that, James. Your your dislike for AFC Wimbledon, which is what's something that we actually had a little chat about when we were at the game. But yeah, John Marquis. He makes these runs and you just got to think that if we just play a, a little through ball to him, that he's got that pace, he's he's got the positioning and he had the defender's number on many a times. I think before he, there was one through ball he had, he had that chance which he put wide, but I'd counted 11 times he had made that run before. And you think that you give him two opportunities, maybe three, he's going to score a goal. So there's a real problem, isn't there? A real disconnect with the ability to get those two holding midfielders close to Naylor to get the ball forward in, into attacking positions. I'd urge anyone listening to this, who's a, if they're anyone's like Colts players or anything, and they're, mm. um, you know, looking and they're a striker and they're looking to improve their game, just watch what John Marquez does at the top of the line. I mean, don't watch anything else we do because we're fucking shit at the minute. But just look at his movement and the way he'll... And there were times, and you could see it at the Wimbledon game especially, where he's moving from the left centre-half to the right centre-half and then running along the line and then bolting forward. And he, you could see at that point where he was making the turn to bolt forward, that's when the ball, he's expecting the ball to be played to him. But no, it's not being played to him. But with a more of an idea from the, the dugout and more instruction from the dugout and a more forward-thinking manager, those balls get played into Marquez. Goals get scored. We're more entertaining. We're we're scoring more goals. People are enjoying going to the football. But um, I think yeah, it's a real education for people who, who want to learn and learn learn the game. Um, and I, I was really I was really impressed by him. And I just felt I just feel sorry for the lad. I feel really really sorry for him. Um, I mean, other than that, I think Craig McGilvery is the only one I can really point out and go. Yeah, you, you stood up to be counted. The rest of them, for one reason or another, it it, it just it just wasn't great. No, it wasn't great at all. No, there wasn't a point at which I thought that Pompey were going to score. I think the closest I thought we came was when the goalkeeper kicked it out and Ellis, it rebounded off Ellis Harrison, who sort of charged the ball down and it nearly actually went in the net, didn't it? Which would have been yeah. sort of the most you know comedy way to, to get three points. It was nil-nil at the time. And do you know what the saddest thing about it was is that when when Wimbledon scored, I, I, I was cheering because I thought that was it. I thought this nightmare was over. We we were gonna move on from Kenny Jacket, we were gonna get in another manager and we were gonna have a real attack at these League One playoff places. Um as that's materialized, it hasn't happened. And you just again you just look at it as an opportunity missed. Yeah, and we'll move on, I think, to the Lincoln game now because I, abs- I absolutely understand and I think we had different reactions, didn't we? I was very, you know, emotionally confused, to be honest, James, in that goal went in because, you know, I, I still can't really celebrate another team scoring against against us. But at the same time, I do completely respect and understand the logic of it, even if, you know, I want, 
I think Kenny Jackett's time's up and we need to move on, I still find that emotional disconnect between my heart and my head very difficult. Um, yeah. Speaking of emotional disconnect, though, you, the goal on Tuesday night when Marquez scored, like, don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely delighted for him. I'm absolutely delighted that he scored a goal because not one player on that pitch has deserved a goal more than he does for the effort he puts in, the runs he's making and the lack of service which he's been receiving. Um, but it was, I don't know how you felt in the stands, but it was almost like, a, oh, fuck, we've scored. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. actually something, something one of the listeners sent in. So Tom Underwood said, did you notice when Marquez scored, there was no real wow moment? It was kind of a soft fart of, oh, yeah, we scored reaction question mark. Yeah, it was. Do you know what? When I, when I went down to the um, when I went down to the concourse at half time, and I was queuing up to go for a piss. And uh, just some randomer came up to me and goes, come on, mate, cheer up, we're winning. And I was like, this is this is where we are now. I am genuinely disappointed that we've gone into the break one up because now I, I, I don't know how you feel, Hugh, but I actually think that result keeps him in a job for longer. And that's the end of our season. I, I, don't, I don't see us going up now. I don't, I think other than an FA Cup run, I think that's your lot. It's difficult to assess, isn't it? Because I do, I do agree that there's going to be, and we'll get onto this a little bit later, James. We're going to go into the Kenny Jacket stuff a bit later. So let, let's have a quick look at, at the Lincoln game as a whole. It was another one of those games, actually, where we created very little going forwards. Um, you know, Ross McCrory's brought on at right back because Kenny Jacket says that he wants us to go forward more from the fullback position. That was an obvious thing we saw when we were watching him again. But playing Ross out of position again at right back, apart from the fact that Steven Gerrard must be going mad, I don't think it was necessarily something that was that effective. What do you reckon? Um, I, I think he did okay. Um, I, I don't. I don't think he's a, the permanent solution. I think he does a job for one or two games, but I think that's probably about it. Um, is he better than James Bolton? Uh, there's an argument to say he is, um, which is, I mean, and that, again, I, I don't know what the hell that's done to the dressing room um, by by making that 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 change. But I guess McCrory's been brought down to play football. There's no point having a someone brought down on loan if he's just going to sit on sit on the bench. He's he's here to play football, so um, he's he's got to get his minutes somehow. Uh, I mean the performance. I think Neil Allen summed it up. I can't remember if he tweeted it after the the Lincoln game where he said like Control C, Control V, and that's pretty much it, isn't it? It's just a dreadful game of football. Nobody enjoys watching. Nobody really gets into it. Uh, people are bored, apathetic towards the way uh, the club's being run at the minute, and apathetic towards um, how we're doing on the pitch. To be quite honest, um, and it, we just battled through and, and got a win. Um, I think sim- I think they were very similar games to be honest with you Hugh I thought um, our opposition lacked any they had a bit of quality but not too much um, I'd expect them to be in and around the relegation places and the bottom the bottom half of, of the league one table I, I didn't think much of them I thought there was one player who we'll touch on a, a bit later I think in regards to one of the questions um, uh, Jack Payne who I thought really really stood out um, Surprisingly, if they, I thought General Kinde, if he had had his shooting boots on or finishing boots on, um, they, they could have quite easily have got an equaliser. Um, 
or a winner at the game. Um, but it, yeah, I, I think it's just put this result into context and, you know, don't, and I appreciate people going on, oh, you know, we've, you know, we've, we've won one now and let's see what we can build on. That was a very poor Lincoln team. Let's, let's see how we do when some of the teams from the top half of the table come down, come down to Fratton and play like that. Um, we play like that, we lose. It's as, it's as simple as that. No, no, I agree completely, mate. It was a poor performance, but you know, even sometimes you're going to get a little bit of luck of the green, aren't you? A little bit of rubber the green and a goal goes in, you know, Marcos is in the right place. Um, he gets the goal. I, I don't think that's luck from Marcos. You know, that he is a striker. He's a natural finisher. He was in there because he knew that the ball was going to drop there. Um, again, it's that thing of why in the name of God do we have to play the balls out to the wings and whip a ball constantly? Do these players not realise that you can play a ball through the middle? And we're also hoofing it into the box. It's not even, um, you know, if you're playing it low, driven, so you can put it in, you're more likely to score with John Marcus up front. Um, yeah, no, I think I think that Gareth Ed- Evans said a couple of games ago, I can't remember which game it was, and he was playing out wide, that he was told to get it down the wing and put an early ball in every time. So oh. that's a directive straight down from the coaching staff and from Kenny Jacket. But it's just not working. And I, look, and I, I do understand it when you've got, when you've got, you know what you think is quite a mobile striker and you, you expect him to be in the box but just just put a ball through the middle lads just you know it might be a new revolutionary idea but you know ball on the floor through the middle who knows yeah. what might happen yeah careful with that heresy James you know we're not we're not sure about putting balls down through the middle for your striker who <laughs> scores a bags loads um yeah no Marquez will score if we give him the right service. And at the moment, we can see across all the games he's played, he's not getting them. And, you know, quite frankly, he must be gutted he left Doncaster. Um, going on to the... Uh, his co- what? His bank account's probably not. No, it's true. I'm, I'm just sort of... I'm just joking. But, <laughs> but um, I thought it was interesting today, actually, Andrew Moon came out and said that, you know, he spoke to John Marquis... And he said, I've played in teams recently where it's been the mentality of we'll score more than them. If we can see three, we'll hope we can score four. That's not really the way we play here. Whether that's good, a good thing or not is for others to judge. <laughs> it's hardly a fucking glowing endorsement, is it? No, um, no it's I think, not, is it? I think it's weeks of frustration because I think if you were him and so you wanted to move, you wanted to move down south to be... So I guess I think it was close to his family, wasn't it? And he sort of said, "Okay, right." So I moved to Portsmouth. They were semi-finalists in the playoffs last year. Right, let's see. This is be a great chance for me to get up and, and get into the championship. And he's come here, and he thought, you know, if I score twenty-six goals here, twenty-four goals here, then we're, you know, this club's going to be there or thereabouts. And what was is that his first goal on Saturday? Oh, second Tuesday. goal. Second goal. Second. Yeah. No, second goal and we're coming towards the end of October. Um it's it's not not the season he, he thought it would have been. Um and I, I don't blame him. I think that's just a for me that's uh not a cry for help, but almost uh when the news when the newspaper drops on Mr. Jacket's desk tomorrow morning, he looks at it and his striker's frustrated that he's not getting the service he wants. You know, he's. I'm sure John Marquez is looking at his own statistics and going, "Oh, this isn't looking great." Um, and I can't blame him. And to be honest, John, we all feel the same way. 
you know we'd love to be a side that scores four or five and um and we should be a side that scores four or five with with talent we've got available to us so i think i think he's i think he's just very surprised at how this season is is turning out yeah, no, completely. I mean, he even went on to say, gave a little bit of advice for Kenny Jackie, is what I feel from here. He said, I feel like if you're not conceding many goals, you've got a good chance of winning games. Um, people say strikers win games, defenders win championships. He goes, but we need to find a way to open up without giving too much away. So he's accepting that in this defensive system that they're playing, they're not going to be all out attack. That's not the way Kenny Jackett plays. However, there needs to be some sort of balance where you do go for it and you do allow people to get forward in order to score goals. Yeah, um, and, and I, I think we can do that. Um, I mean, it's a interesting quote to use there. It's a, quite a, a NFL quote, um, some of the old Bill Belichick style. But what I'd argue is that defense isn't a, that isn't a championship winning defense, is it? No, it's not. It's not. It's not the Matt Clark Jack Watmore partnership of last year. No, not even even Matt Clark Christian Burgess partnership um, for all of for all of Burgess laws. I, 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 you know, I, I still think that was that was a, a good defence. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I, I do, I do think that as as we continue to to go down the stretch, it it is going to leak goals. I mean, look how look how easy Lincoln they. They had a good what a good four or five chances which they should have done better with. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> we. I mean that that is the question in itself, isn't it? Now now I'm thinking about it. If if that defense isn't really you feel strong enough to to hold to hold games out and, and stop people conceding, stop us conceding even. Why aren't we being more attackive? and saying we're going to have to score two because our defence is going to leak one. Well, I think we should absolutely play, be playing that way, James, especially with the players we've got. I think we're set up now to be to be an attacking-minded team. You know, when you when you replace um, Hawkins up front and you put Marcus in the team, I think, you know, Harness is, is coming well for Jamal Lowe. Um, you've got Ross McCrory in the middle. You know, I, I just think that when you've got a better striker that you're not playing the ball up to... You've got to be thinking, right, let's get on the front foot and let's feed in balls and we'll score goals. And at the moment, unfortunately, we're not we're not playing the right systems to be able to do that. I think we'll get onto the question in a minute because there are some simple changes, I think, that would allow us to play a different style um, and be a successful football team with the players that we've got. Um yeah, all right. Let's just let's go into it. Let's let's do the PO4 question of the week, as I'm now dubbing it, which I asked, <laughs> has the win increased your confidence in Kenny Jacket? And do you want Kenny Jacket to stay or go? Um, I know you've reached out as well, James, to try and get some a mixed um, responses to this question. So, you know, it's not all one way. We've we've got some people who have really messaged in and, and shown some support as well as um, people who want Kenny out. So let's start with um, let's start with Greg. Um, friend of the show, PO Forecast Global Director, uh, and for Pompey News now, and he says, "Hey James, because he writes back to you, mate. If it's not too late, because he was talking about me not being able to get in, um, I think Kenny can change it round. I don't think it will be done with free flowing and fluid football at all. But say what you want about him, he can grind out a win. Nothing to do with his tactics or substitutions in brackets or lack of. But we held on yesterday." And that puts us on 10 to 15 points in the last five league games. 
keeping up this average could and should achieve promotion. Whether or not we get a new manager, time will tell. But he is capable. Do you think he's capable, James? No. Um, in in a word, um, I think Bunky, before the AFC Wimbledon game, as I was doing my gaffer for the day bit, he pulled out a stat which said that we were on pace to finish 13th position. Um, so, so with that loss and the win, I'm, I'm guessing we, we'd still be in and around that pace, um, maybe, maybe even up to 12th or 11th. So you look at it like that, he's failing. Um, entertainment, failing. Um, any real, you know, a, a plan B, failing. Um, the squad with him, failing. Um, there is not, I, I don't think that squad's playing for him. Um, I have serious concerns about what what they th- what they think about him, but I and to be honest, like I think it's almost like a bereavement now. Like the anger's gone. I've now I've now just <laughs> I've now just accepted that you know I, I struggle to really get excited for Pompey anymore, um, and it's almost just like a dark cloud on my weekend that I just feel I've got to do out of loyalty, sort of like. It's like visiting like your grandparents in a home. You just you feel like you got to do it, um, and just you know, and just go through it, even if they don't know who you are. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the way. As and I, I'm not the only one. I don't I'd even argue. I'm in the majority of people who just really are so apathetic towards this club at the minute. And I've I've more got bigger questions which I think fans do as well and legitimate questions to the owners and the CEO of the club um, when you're looking at this and going he's failing on a business level um, on a performance level sorry he's failing on an entertainment level and there are question marks over whether the customers want him there Um, and it seems like all of that is being ignored and I, I do appreciate that they have come into the club and they've said, we want to be this stable ownership who doesn't sap managers. It's not going to be a revolving door. It's not going to be a, a merry-go-round. And that has to be commended. And to be quite honest, I, that's the model I want to hear. I want, you know, I, I want a manager in charge for six, seven years who's going to take this club forward. But let's get the right manager in charge first. Um, and I, I don't think we've got that. And you almost... I mean, and you almost look at it and go, we do need a kick up the arse. This squad needs a kick up the arse. And the only way I can see that happening is is, is with a change of manager and a change of direction. Uh, but it's it's interesting to hear what, what other people feel because it's so easy to come on podcasts and, you know, write articles and just saying that, you know, you, you want him gone, you want him gone. Actually, it's quite nice and to hear the other side of it when the people coming back saying that they they want him to still be there. It's, it's not my opinion, but if there are people who still believe he can get job the job done, then I do kind of understand why he's still in that job. Um, well, I can understand from their side why he's in that job. I I, I don't get it, but um, if if they think he can still do it, then. If they can send me any tips on how to get this hope or, or optimism, I'm all ears. Um, I, it, James, I, I generally think, though, it's come from a, a, a sort of a mishmash of 
people thinking it won't happen because of what the owners have said about stability. Some people are think he can, and some people have just come around to what they perceive as an acceptance that we just need to move on. It's not going to happen. Uh, I don't know if this is what Pompey Rascal was saying, but he said it's too unsettling for this to happen at the moment. Separate point. I think he can turn it around, though. I think he will. I think he will see uh, the season out, whatever happens, basically. Um, if he can get promotion, he'll remember Pompey fans' hostility, hostility and go. There's, who, yeah. Who needs that, he's saying, from the supporters? I mean, I think people have the have the right either way to say what, what they feel in in you know in the stands. And if you if this was happening at another club in the northeast or whatever, I'm telling you now, it would be a lot more toxic than it even is down at Fratton Park. And we know how bad it has been with the some of the splits and you know you know supporters voicing their their feelings really because there's only so much you can take as a fan and i tell you this now james apathy is much worse than anger when people stop caring that's the next level isn't it it's like when you fall out with a girl or a guy or you know whoever you're with at first you're really fucked off with them but afterwards you sort of get over it and whatever to them don't you and that's the same process the grieving process that some fans i feel are going through with portsmouth yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm part of that grieving process. The, you know, the uh, guess you could say the 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 incident happened. Now I've I've got through the anger. Funnily enough, on your last podcast, actually, so we call this therapy. Um, so we got through the anger bit. Still getting the anger bit as to why he's still there. And then after Wimbledon, it's just gone through to just an acceptance now that he's not going. Um, seasons of write-off, and yeah, funny enough, I was watching a video today. Actually, it was of um, Katie Hopkins at the, I think it was at Brunel University. She was at, and she was just about to give a speech, and the, the entirety of the lecture hall just filtered out and left. And I thought that's a lot more powerful than screaming and shouting. And I think that's probably you could apply the same to Pompey. And you just think the apathy around the club is actually a lot more damaging than anger it's you know Portsmouth fans who have this reputation of being some of the most passionate in the country are just reduced to slumping in chairs um and you know I've I've never seen as many people sat down in front of me in the fraten end as I have as I have on um as I have on Tuesday night, I wasn't at the Gillingham game. My mate was saying that there was 12 rows in front of him where people had gone by about the 85th minute. Yeah, no, people aren't being entertained. They're not happy with what's going on. Even if they want to stick with the manager, it's still not exciting, is it? Um, all right, let's go to some more comments. So, um, hashtag fuck off jacket. You can understand where he's coming from. Um, Hazler says, confidence hasn't increased and I still want him to go. Um, Stuart Harmer, again, thanks guys for messaging in, goes, no, Confidence again, he's not increased with. Third season and still no midfield, no progress um, at best um, from first season in League One. I don't think we're progressing either. So uh, it's definitely going backwards from last season, Stuart. Uh, Kelvin Adams, if Pompey want, went on a massive winning streak, would people forgive Kenny and get behind him? Or is it once you've lost the frat and faithful, you're never getting back? That's an interesting point, James. Do you think once you've once you decided you want rid of him, that there's no going back for your loyalty of Kenny Jacket? Or do you think football's fickle and some fans can come round? Football is very fickle. Um, football is very fickle. There's no there's no argument about that. Um, I've 
but then I can only speak from my own sort of personal view on it is that I've wanted him out since Luton away in the FA Cup uh, and I've I've not jumped over the, to the other side of the fence and, and said that he, he's the man for me um, so I appreciate I'm probably quite staunch in that opinion um, I think I think where Kenny probably hasn't helped himself is the lack of relationship with the fans if he had more of a you know you saw the, the video of Nathan Jones on um, Tuesday night after after Stoke had beaten Fulham and passion mate passion and I get that you know just because you're up and down shouting on the touchline beating your chest you don't get results in the same way you know if you're ice cool like Kenny Jacket is on the touchline you know you're not guaranteed results either but sometimes there would be a lot more people say who are in and around the fence who if they just jumped over and said okay your time's up who would maybe if they went on two or three more games would hop back over and say okay let's just give them the season um where there's no real where there's a breakdown now of the relationship i think the the lines in the sand are quite quite deep and i think once you're over that side you just want him gone um but yeah, I'm sure there'll be a few that jump over, but I think in this case, in this case, I think people just want him to go. Yeah, and I think you've got to look for, not just in the short term, okay, we've won a few games. I think a lot of people's frustration comes from the fact of where are we actually going as a club? Where's the direction? Where's the style of football that we're going to be playing going forward? And um, Lee Morby-Bagley actually messaged in and said, you know, win the two games in hand and we're back, in, back up there with the big dogs. But we have to win them first. I do think a change is needed. If we get out of this league, how are we going to get um, get on in the championship with these old-fashioned tactics? If we had yeah. gone up, we, if we go up, we'll be rock bottom. You've got to think like that, haven't you? I think you've got to, I mean, take every step at a time. Let's. I mean, I guess the one thing I'd say to that is that let's worry about the championship if we get there. Um, but Kenny Jackett's record in the championship speaks for itself. Um, and he'll be out of a job by um, this time in October if we go up. Um, but I think, I think, sorry, could you repeat that question? I did have a point and it's yeah. just, escaped. yeah, yeah. He just said um, with the two games in hand and we're back up with the big dogs, but you've got to win them first. I do think a change is needed. If we get out of this league, how are we going to get, get on in the championship with these old fashioned tactics? If we yeah, go up, we'll be rock bottom. It's all well and good saying you have the the two games in hand, but you've got to you've got to win those those games in hand first. Um, I can only judge it by what we've seen recently, and against the teams in and around the bottom of the league, we've looked about their level. So when we're playing, you know, it's all well and good saying you've got to get up there. I don't. <laughs> the trouble is, is once you're up there, trying to maintain it, and we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle to get up there. Um, I think the. I mean, where where it hurts me is that I look at that side and I genuinely think that side can get to the playoffs. I believe that side could get a good run into the playoffs and we'll see what happens there. I think maybe the damage has been done in terms of automatic promotion. Hopefully I'm proved wrong. But I'm looking at that side and going with a, with a more attack-minded manager and a more manager that's willing to take risks and play expansive football and given a transfer kitty in January this could be a side to be reckoned with. This could be a side which could go on that 10-game winning run like we saw at the end of last season. 
I mean, do you, do you do you see that out of this side at the minute? A, a ten no. a ten win team. Absolutely not, James. Absolutely not. I think the thing is, you have to give a manager. He has to be able to come in mid-December, have a bit of time, and you know, at the latest, if you want him to look look dip into the transfer window, basically, you know, you, you can't just go all right, twentieth um, of January, bring manager in, and he hasn't got any time to shuffle the squad. But I think it's a tactical thing, James, as well. I think you've got a lot of players here that you could use. You know, I, I'm a big advocate for playing, in my opinion, a, a high press 4-3-3. I thought we were, you know, exceptionally good at it early in the season. There was just a couple of individual errors that you saw from walks at right back and a few other people that, you know, cost us goals. But if you actually watched us play, you saw those three midfielders pressing up really high. And it was it was actually fun to watch, mate. But for me, if someone comes in and, and you know, Stendhal maybe from, from Barnsley before, as we said before, or, you know, we talked about Clough or whoever, with an attacking-minded mindset, I think he would get the best out of these players. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's what he's screaming when, and I think that's, if you read in between the lines, that's what John Marquez is screaming for tactics-wise as well. Um, you know, a team where we are creating you know, 20 chances a game, 25 chances a game. Um, there are, you know, I look at, I look at harness. Um, I think Evans can do, can do a shift as well on the, on the right, playing through the middle. Ronan Curtis, maybe he's going to come back with a point to prove and look like the Ronan Curtis of 2018. Um, I, I still think there's Ryan Williams as well, who, who, it's actually really impressed me so far. I think he's looked like a, a proper player. Um, but how, how he continues throughout the season, we'll, we'll see. Um, from what people have said of Leon Maloney as well, he, he looks quite exciting. So whether he gets a chance in some of the games as well. So there's there's plenty of options going forward. I I mean, I get absolute pelters for this because like every, I, everyone knows I'm in love with him. But I've been close as well and still, still have a job further up the pitch as well. Um, Absolutely, James. If you play him in a in in the four three three press with Naylor effectively anchoring where he's best in the midfield, you then have the likes to say close Cannon or close Evans or whoever you want to play it like uh, Cannon Evans. They press high, 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 win the ball back, and then they find themselves in attacking positions. They throw balls through to to Marquez and Harness, etc., as well as getting shots off themselves. Mm, question for you as well: Brown yeah. or Hounds in that four three three? It's a difficult one, mate, really, for me at the moment, because I don't think... I thought Brown actually looked better on the overlap, actually, as small things. And when we were watching against AFC Wimbledon the other day, um, I think... But I also think that it's it's one of those systems in which... They're both decent defensively, and I think that Houndstrip's got a bit more ability on the ball, but he just has to learn when to get those runs on the overlap and learn when to to get a ball in. So for me at the moment, I'm not I'm not too worried either way. I think they both do a good job. But if he's playing well, I think when you saw with Ronan Curtis and Lee Brown last season, I think Lee maybe gets to the byline and puts more balls in the box. Mm, yeah. But then I suppose on the learn thing, the, the argument I would have is the only way he's going to learn is by playing. No, completely agree. I think, they're, I think they're fairly evenly matched, to be honest. And I want to play the player who's playing in best form. But I do think that Lee Brown being out of the team, when the teams looked very lost and 
you know, this is all one of those dressing room things. But I, I do think last season watching Lee Brown, he did, you know, pick Rolling Curtis up when he was being stroppy, take the piss out of him. And maybe that's what some of these players need. Someone just to sort of take the piss out of them a little bit, you know, give them a pat on the shoulder, get involved. And you need those players around the, around the team, especially when you're struggling. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Lee Brown's brilliant for the dressing room. Um, it, um, just to change his character, he's, uh, I'm sure if anyone's ever met him after a game, I'm sure knows what he's like or seen any of the YouTube videos. He seems like a brilliant bloke for the dressing room and somebody to really lift the spirits, um, lift, the, lift the spirits of people. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's... I'm going to go with Brown. I'm going to go with Brown. I've talked myself into it. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked myself into it. I've gone round the round round the houses, mate, and I've come back and I've gone. Yeah, all right, all right. I, I think Lee Brown at the moment is the best choice for left back. Yeah, but it's better better to have opinion than none at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. You you disagree, James? No, I'm Brandon. I'm <clears throat> I've been impressed with Brandon Houndstrup this season. I thought it was quite harsh that I didn't I didn't think Brandon Houndstrup deserve to be dropped so i thought his performances um he got a couple of assists as well um i thought he was playing well i, I like the look of him when he was going forward i thought he was linking up well um with with some of the forward players as well um so i i, I wouldn't have dropped him if he if he had a couple of like bad performances then i'd be yeah go on lee brown welcome back in you go but that wasn't the case at all i mean for a player which was is very frustrated about his lack of football last season and lack of involvement for them this to happen again this season. Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be astounded if he's still with us next season and doesn't play too much football. No, I think that's a fair point. I think he'll deserve to move on if he doesn't get um, some regular football here. Definitely, he should move on as well because at the end of the day, he's got the ability to play at this level at least and he should be given the opportunity to further his career. But it would be sad. Would, but you, know, you can't you can't hold on to people forever, can you? No, you, you can't be too sentimental in football because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he leaves in January. If, he, if he's not getting game time between now and January, I think yeah. he'll be yeah, no, completely. Um, this is a good one for James. Scott messaged in. He said, hey, listen, I'm just waiting for Football Manager um, to be released, FM20, so I can do better than Kenny Jacket. Scott in? Question mark? Yes. <laughs> I need, Scott, if you're listening, just, just a couple of tweets. How are you playing? You know, what kind of style are you imposing? You know, you're quite strict, quite lenient. You're letting the lads go out on the piss on a Wednesday, you know, or, you know, what kind of players are you looking to get in? What, what's your style? What 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 are you, you a guy who sort of stands there and let the players learn for themselves? Or are you on the touchline on it? Um, need, need a bit more and I'll, I'll answer that next once I get the answers. But and for the minute, we'll <laughs> pencil. Yeah, but we'll get we'll get we'll get it tweeted. We'll get it trended. Like we got tr uh, jacket out trending. Well, not us, but just generally. Uh, shout out to Proudy. We'll try and get him to assess your football manager uh, tactics. Friend of the show. We'll be like, all right, Proudy, on it, mate. Let's see if this guy Scott's got it on football manager. And then we'll if if you have, then you know, job's yours. Yeah, we'll put up. We'll we'll all help you with a CV, and uh, we'll, we'll get it into we'll get it into the club for you. We'll propose it next time if we manage to get a chat with Mark Catlin again. If he actually comes out of the office and wants to chat to us, we'll uh, 
we'll push your CV over to him and see what he thinks. I forget. I won't be in that meeting if that's all right with you. It's no, his best chance of getting the job, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. You, you can stay outside, James. Um, yeah, no, going, going on then from there, I think that... We'll look at a couple more of these. We'll need to move on quickly to some of the questions people have asked because we need to preview the game, James. And we've only got about 15 minutes left before I get kicked out of my office. Um, okay, so... Da, 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 da. Martin Fish says, what has Walks done to be considered worse right back than Burgess and McCrory? Is it his attitude? Too much timber after the summer break? He never gets <laughs> mentioned anymore. What is up with Anton Walks, James? I just don't think he's a very good right back. I just don't think he's a very good footballer. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I, I mean, whether Christian Burgess, I mean, Christian Burgess isn't a right back and Anton Walks is better than him than right back. I, I agree with you. But um, for me, Anton Walks is third in the list of right backs. And who, who's in your list then, mate? Uh, Bolton McCrory Walks. Yeah, I mean, McCrory is obviously the superior footballer generally, I'd say. But um, at right back, obviously, Bolton is a right back, whilst Ross actually didn't really yeah. ever play right back at all. I would admit the bar is is not exactly um, set, you know, Ben Davis level high. So, yeah. No, I love it. Um, let's get back to our mate Fuck Off Jacket. Hazard, he says, if we can't solve the current number 10 position with our players, who do you think we should get in? Do you think we need a number 10, James? Oh, God. Oh, as much as I need a burger at the minute. Um, yeah, no, I... I was really impressed with Jack Payne actually for Lincoln on on Tuesday night. The way he was linking um, the play between the lines and running in between the lines, I would be very much inclined to go out and get him in in January or make approaches. I thought if you put him in a better team with better players, I think he he could he could be a difference maker. Whether he's difference maker between you know this and and the playoffs. I'm not so sure. I wouldn't like to hazard a guess on that, but I think he's definitely could be the difference between winning and losing some games. Uh, just off the top of my head, that would be one of the one of the people who would be top of my shopping list. But a number ten, why we didn't go out and sign one in the summer is really a, a question mark over the, the club's recruitment again. Um, so it has to be 1st of January. There needs to be names. Bang, bang, go out and get them. Bang, bang, bang. You could I even argue two number 10s just in case one of them gets injured. I mean, I'd actually put it out there. I don't really necessarily think that either Kenny was really in the mindset that he thought Pittman was going to be the starting number 10. That was the only position he could play him in. Um, and therefore, he was going to keep him as captain. So he was going to start at 10. And a few of the players could maybe fill in at 10 as well. So he didn't want to go out and sign another one. I think that's stupid logic, putting that out there. Um, on Jack Payne, I think he's a great player. Um, he was really unlucky playing in a, a disastrous um, Bradford team last season, wasn't he? Um, and he still looked like a really good footballer. So you know, I wanted us to go and get him in the summer. People go back and listen to the episodes in the summer squad review. We, we talked about him then and you know how he would be that smaller but creative player that we Pompey sort of need as well just to give that final ball through to John Marquez and that's what it's about isn't it the number 10 
it's that person who just looks up or doesn't even need to look and knows where the striker's going to be and plays in that ball through. If you put Payne behind Marquez, suddenly that's a whole different ball game. You have Payne behind Marquez, you have Harness one side, Williams the other, and suddenly you look at that and go. And if you're not hoofing the ball, I I, I know that's <laughs> you know let's not, huh? uh, run before we can before, not run before we can walk. But suddenly that that forward four looks formidable, and you just need someone there in between the lines. Um, and I think he's he's the man to do it. No, I think so. I think he'd be absolute class. And maybe we'll maybe I'll do some research and draw up some list of potential candidates, James, uh, for next next week's podcast. Or I might just write an article for Pompey News now and get it out there. Um, okay, let's move on to the next question because we're we're pushing time. We've got we're at forty seven minutes, James. Just so you know, I feel like I'm doing some sort of quiz show. It's <laughs> usually gone for about usually gone for about two hours. Um, I've not fifteen minutes yet, Bush. Yeah, yeah, I've got this, mate. So, again, Jackie Jacket, cheers again. Message again says, "Have seen some talk recently about the fans booing when we play the long ball, um, but also when it's played short. So, because we're going backwards, effectively, so the players can't win. I feel there is frustration about how no one. Um, well, sorry, I feel there is frustration about no one to pass to. So they turn, they pass backwards. Um, not that we're just playing it short." So there were some decent spells yesterday moving the ball around. James, do you think it's a fact that the players don't have any movement off the ball that in the system we play, um, so they end up just knocking it backwards if they are trying to hold on to it? So the two options are hoof it long and lose possession or play it backwards, basically. And that's both of those are frustrating for the fans, aren't they? I think it's just a lack of confidence in what they're doing. Um, they don't. Whereas we've seen Pompey teams in the past to, you know, to to take opposition players out the out the game, you pass the ball forward beyond them. It's you know something you get taught, um, you know, as a as a cult when you're you're playing on a, a freezing cold Sunday morning in the back arse of nowhere, um, and it just sort of seems like that basic football principle has just been forgotten at the minute where they're taking the the easy, the very easy option of just and. The, the the option which shows there's not really much confidence of just getting the ball clear. So I think when there is, I do get the thing is if you have the ball, they can't score. Um, yeah, I, I get that. But I think at times when you look at it and it's just a lack of confidence and a lack of movement beyond them, there's nobody, there's nobody looking to quickly drop back, take you know, take the ball on. You know, but the amount of times Ben Close gets booed for paying you know the the ball back, and what he needs is someone, one of those forward four that he's got to run run to him, take the ball, have a touch, look up and and, and pass it out and pass it out to the wings. I'm yeah. sure that's the way that's the way it plays. It's just they look a side which is is very low on confidence at the minute. And hopefully hopefully that will come. Yeah, no, and I actually wrote that down. I said, um, is Ben Close being too safe? Question mark. Um, he leads the team in uh, pass completion with eighty one point nine percent. we know how good Ben Close is a passer, but and that is about 10% more than other players in the team. And you've got to think that with Ben, he needs to be trying some a little bit more adventurous passes, but he's not getting into the right positions to do so because of he's being basically shackled to holding the midfield in the same way that Tom Naylor plays his role. He's, you know, he's the other Tom Naylor in, in, in this formation under Kenny Jacket. And what Ben needs really is to be able to push up, isn't he? Be on the edge of the box, you know, be around creating things and not having... Ben doing that is really making the team suffer. 
dreaded i'm going to mention the dreaded b word but um you know just look at ben thompson from last season um you know close was and close was doing that and close was doing that um it seems to have stopped this season just you just want him just get the ball push on push on and and see what if you if you lose the ball further up the field i have no issue with it um i'm sure there's others in the fratton crowd do but if you lose the ball while you're trying to get your team forward and trying to actually look to create something, you you won't you won't get any negativity out of me. No, and uh, me and Freddie touched on this last week, but the amount of successful dribbles we have was absolutely appalling the other week, and it hasn't got much better. With I think it was there was three or something successful in the last game. Um, My marks during the game on Tuesday. Yeah, I, can't remember, I gave up. I gave up in the second half, but I don't think it ever got above ten. But the passes had to be forward. So I'd only count if the passes were forward. I don't think we reached double figures. Would you like to know how many successful dribbles we had? We had Ross McCrory made the most with three by beating a player. Lee Brown with one. Marcus Harness with one. Gareth Evans with one. And there's more after that. But that is, that's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I mean, the entertainment value... Um, I mean, I just sent a text to my brother. He was, um, he was with his mates in the Lincoln end, and he was just like, is it like this every week? And I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, there was no one in the uh, in the Milton Inn, was there? It was just basically a, uh, you know, Lincoln bought a fair few down, especially for a Tuesday night. And uh, yeah, it looked fairly empty over there. But yeah, moving on, let's quick keep this going. Then I'm going to quickly, one more, then I want to quickly do the old preview. Um, we can't score, mate. I just noticed this. We've got five players, uh, five players who are top scorers in the league. Two goals, Pittman, two goals, Evans, two goals, Marquis, two goals, Harness and two goals, Curtis. So you could say that's a balanced scoring, but it just shows that it's just bits here and there, isn't it? And no one really, um, no one really hitting form. Do you know what, mate? I'm going to go into the Bristol Rovers preview because we've got five minutes left, roughly. Um, Okie dokie. So people, Bristol Rovers, I would say this could be a tricky fixture, but thank you to one man, Johnson Clark Harris, going for a jog, apparently, um, and injuring himself, which I know that the Bristol Rovers coach was really annoyed about because he didn't know anything about it, but someone leaked it to the press in Bristol. and He didn't even know the player was injured. And apparently he's narrowed it down to four people. So he's just storming around trying to find which one of these four people has mentioned that... um, Johnson Clark Harris was injured. He's got seven goals this season for them. Um, the next player, Smith, has only got two goals. So that shows you how one-dimensional Bristol Rovers are with their scoring. And um, they play a three-five-two system. You know, Pompey have struggled against teams that play the three at the back. If you, if you leave Marquis up front on his own against three defenders, it's going to be a bit of a long day. But when we look at this game, James, when we approach this before we dive into it, we could win this game, couldn't we? No matter how poorly we've been playing, you know they lost to Bolton two 0 the other day. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, Hugh. He was having a shant, weren't he? There is absolutely no fucking way he was injured going for a run. He was shanting, and uh, he's just been caught out. <laughs> um, no way I'm having that that he's injured during a run. Um, Do you reckon that's yeah. why they released it to the press then, saying saying that it was a run? It's yeah. I mean, any time. I think I got told a story of a Luton player last season who apparently had a knee injury. 
the knee injury was sort of further up his body after having a, a good night out and pulling a lady of the night. Um, <laughs> so yeah, for, forgive me if I forgive me if I don't um, believe it. But I saw Bristol Rovers in August when they played Oxford United. I think our game got called. Oh, it was the victorious game. Um, so I was up with uh, my mate watching the Bristol Rovers game. Uh, they they looked awful. Um, actually, Oxford battered them. They scored a, a wonder goal to get back into. Uh, I think to get back into the game. I think and it, my mate was saying to me, he goes, "Without Clark Harris, that is effectively our game plan. Without him, we're screwed." And they are without him. So there was nothing from what I saw of that Bristol Rovers performance, which had had me going oh Christ they're going to be good I actually came away with a lot more positives about Oxford so yeah it's it's I mean they play football similar to to us it's long ball it's not very pretty on the eye so um, if you're like me and you've got a ticket for the game um, I'll I'll post train times to Cheltenham because there's going to be pissing it down with rain with no cover so all in all it's just going to be a shit Saturday afternoon out um, I'm sure Lee Brown will be looking forward to playing as will Eris Harrison um, go, going back to the former stadium so that'd be that'd be nice to usually you'd hope something happens in this game where they, they get a goal or, or something like that but I'm I think it's I think it's just going to be a 1-0 I'd, yeah I agree Bristol have actually got uh, one goal in the last three games as well yeah, I think it'll be one nil set piece of of some kind. Um, What's well, a Pompey James? Um, go on, let's let's be positive. Yeah, let's say yes. Um, actually, someone someone put on the odds. Well, I think it was on your thread actually. They Christian Burgess is something like sixty to one first <laughs> goals. Yeah, yeah, he has been. He has been madness. It was I think it was fifty to one when I bet on him the other day. I might have was that for the Wimbledon game where he crashed it against yeah yeah I might have some of that because I think that's I think the goal is coming from a set piece Um, I it's it's not it's not going to be an entertaining game by any stretch Um, it's going to be a tough watch the conditions aren't looking too good Um, it doesn't matter about how wet the grass is because no neither team plays the ball on the floor so I can it'd be interesting to see what he does. Um whether whether he changes it in the midfield, whether he brings Bolton back in and moves McCrory into the middle and, and drops and drops close, uh whether he moves Roland Curtis in, because he, he seems to have a problem with Ryan Williams. Um so whether whether he, he moves Curtis um to the wings, whether Evans keeps his place, um whether he starts I'm sure it will start Marquez. Um, whether there's a role for Ellis Harrison in that team as well and goes four four two, that could be. A, if if especially if they're playing three at the back, he might even go four four two and have Harrison yeah. up top up top of Marquez. No, yeah, no, it's interesting thoughts, mate. I can see it, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go with one nil as well. I'm going to. I'm going to back back the Burge. I'm going to say it. See if we can get that trendy and get people betting on it. Although that will actually. Well, first of all, don't, I don't condone betting lots because it's bad for you. And secondly, I think that would bring the odds down for us, James, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, yeah, no, one all, mate. Could be, no, one nil. Let's stick with it. One nil. Let's go. 
Let's go. Positive, what? mate. Hugh and I've, James both back in the Pompey. I've, yeah, well, you say that. I've still not decided if I'm going to Cheltenham on Saturday. So I've got about 24 hours to decide um, whether I'm going to bother going to the game. Because it's pissing it with rain. There's no stone. You know, watch the... Oh, yeah, so... Well, we'll, <laughs> have to, we'll have to see, James. You you they, keep people updated and we'll find out um, and I'll tweet it out. James, I've I'm been ushered out. Someone's trying to bang on the window. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. But it's been awesome having you on the show again. Pleasure as always. Hopefully I can come back on again soon. Hopefully you can. We'll do another monster two hour one at some point. Oh Jesus! Yeah, get the coffee ready. That's it. All right, James. Cheers, mate. Top man. Cheers, you. Play up, Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle.